Welcome to Flyover Conservative Podcast with David and Stacey Whited, where we break down current events and examine culture through the lens of conservative Christian values. All right, Flyover family, we are back here in Miami, Florida, and uh, uh, you're you're familiar with one of our friends of the show, Sam Sorbo, Um, probably watched her husband uh, over the years from Hercules to, yeah, to, to God's Not Dead. And uh, today we have their best production ever. Best of both worlds. <laughs> the best of both worlds. Sorbo 2.0. You, 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 you put them both in a blender and you come up with, with Braden Sorbo. Thanks for stopping Thank by. Thank you for stopping Thank by. Thank you for having me. Yeah, now, we, we've heard so many incredible things about you. Your mom speaks very highly of and you. We requested this interview because he's also the author of the book called The BS Guide to Politics by Braden Sorbo. Mm-hmm. So yes, for Braden Sorbo. Yeah, obviously, I obviously. That. I love that. That's so. <laughs> I love it. It's attention getter. It's a good grab on there. But 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 you've kind of been kind of rising in the, the ranks of the Sorbo family for quite a while. With early on, maybe You're six 14? seven years ago. Is that when you started your TikTok? With fourteen, with TikTok. I started it. I started four years ago. Four it was years my ago. official start. Was the summer of 2019. Okay. And. I mean, I'd been I'd been wanting to develop a name and a brand for myself ever since I was a kid. I told my parents at 12 years old I wanted to be an actor. My dad goes, "No, you don't. Stop." Right? Because <laughs> he knows how bad Hollywood is, and so he was he was sure. urging me away from that. But I was homeschooled, so I grew up on movie sets, working with the cast and crew, and just being around it. I, I got accustomed to it, right? Yeah. Right. And so it took about a year and a half of convincing him before he finally signed me up for acting classes and I got to work with Antonio Sabato Jr. who you guys may know as well. That was, I worked, or I studied at his acting school and so that's where I got my kind of, got my chops and so I, I, Got my first role at the Sean Hannity funded movie Let There Be Light, which is a great Christmas drama that people can watch. It's, okay. it's a great movie. I was 14 years old wow. when I got that. And my parents, they sat my brother and I down and they they go, Look, we got funded for a movie that we wrote, and there are roles for kids your age, but it's not our money, and you need to earn this. So prove to us that that you have the capability, that you're able to do it. And yeah. so my brother and I studied for months. We worked with them every single day, and, and it worked out really well. The movie is critically acclaimed. It wow. did very well. I mean, to date, I've done, I want to say, eight movies. I did four last year. I have two movies and a pilot for a TV series lined up for myself this year. That's so, amazing. And, just, you, and you authored a book. And I authored a book, so I've just been very grateful. So but before there was a book, there was a TikTok channel based on a joke a day. There was. It, which is kind which of has a, two million followers. What about this is a, it's a business model? That's kind of a good way to go. If you're like working in social media, it's like, well, I'll have a theme. Like, why would somebody watch this? Why would they go on? And I think part of that makes it good is it kind of lightens people's day. People and they want to laugh a little bit. People like a daily dose of laughter, you know, and that's that's sort of my my entire message. Not even online persona. That is my message of Comedy is subjective, right? I can't expect everything I put out to be found funny by everybody. Because if comedy is objective, then we're living in a world like, you know, uh, 1984 or Animal Farm. Only only robots could have a formula for a joke. Exactly. And trust me, they're not funny. I've tried to use ChatGBT to come up with stuff, and it can't. It's not that funny? It's not good. Okay, so, so give us one of your jokes. One of my favorite jokes, one of the things that really blew up for me was being politically incorrect. Okay. And so right. what I love doing is poking fun at sensitive topics, not in, not in a rude, malicious, or terrible way, but... Humor is such a powerful tool to shine light on different, uh, yeah. different yeah, issues sure. that I've I've always done. That's so one of my favorite jokes. Is what do uh, what do the twin towers and genders have in common? Well, what? I don't know. There used to be two, but now it's a sensitive subject. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that is so <laughs> that is true. Correct on both accounts. That is such a good one. Okay, so and in this time, you <laughs> you developed two million followers on TikTok. Yeah, I. 
I started with the joke a day, and I absolutely love that. But there was a time on TikTok when, as you know, it's owned by China, by a Chinese company. Yeah. Uh, the Chinese company is owned by China, but you know, there's... Yeah. Right. Yep, 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 yep. And I, I told a joke during the protests in Hong Kong, and I said, my buddy who's Chinese is living in Hong Kong, and I asked him, I said, what do you think about all these protests? And what do you think about China and how they're handling Hong Kong? He goes, he can't complain. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It took them three minutes to take that video down and suspend my account for six months. Whoa, You're kidding. It took them three serious? minutes. Some and people my can't take a joke. Yeah, they can't, exactly. especially China. And so they did not like that whatsoever. And coming back from that, it was incredibly difficult to to maintain because my account had just been blocked, suspended, and then barely let back on with a little bit of light. And so I took to a family style of comedy content where it is where it is less planned out jokes and more start of a joke with an improv finish and I've noticed that people really like the relationship that my dad and I have online oh, and my siblings great. and I have online and so we have we have a great video my dad and I did where I was doing a recording with him I seen someone in the house got possessed by an owl what? someone in the house is possessed by an owl what? what? you didn't hear me right I said someone in the house is possessed by an owl who? Oh, and we both looked up totally unplanned <laughs> And it works great. That is really you know, good. I, I love watching your your your, your dad online, Kevin mm-hmm. Sorbo. He was on a, a, the Patrick Bet David podcast yep. recently. Um, we had your mom on our show several times. The thing I noticed with both of them is it's almost like uh, uh, the the Dirty Jobs guy too, uh, Row uh, Micro Micro. Yeah. yeah, like when they speak, it's like, why does this make so much sense? It's so rare. But it's yeah. so it's just common sense. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's a big topic, and they just sort of cut to the heart like that. And it's like, oh, that, that's really simple when you when you phrase it like that. Your dad does that really, really, really well. He does. Well. He does, especially with Hollywood. Yeah. And you know his story of how he suffered strokes and yes. and was redeemed from that and, and basically saved. Pretty incredible right? story. It's, it's a pretty a pretty heart wrenching story. I mean, it's it's tough. Yeah. You know, and it. I've also noticed it depends on who's saying it, right? Because I could be in an argument with someone and they could be saying something perfectly logical, but just because of the person I'm talking with, it won't make sense to me until someone else also says it. That's true. Right? And so my parents have been blessed with the ability of you know, persuasion and, and the ability to explain things in a manner that is, is simple, easy to understand, and efficient. Because it makes sense. Yeah. You know? And they can, yeah. they can portray that message in a matter of minutes. So true. And that's what I, that's what I aim to achieve eventually. All right, so let's talk a little bit about your book, The BS Guide to Politics. Yes. So tell us about this. How did this get started? Why did you write it? What's up with this book? So I graduated high school, homeschool, at 18 years old, you know, as most students do. And I told my mom, I said, I want to go to college. She goes, what for? I said, well, I want to be an actor. And she goes, you don't need a degree to be an actor. And so I thought about it. And originally I was going to go, I had a scholarship to a couple different schools for entrepreneurship and communications. Okay. I was really excited for that, but the more I thought about it, I I was falling in love with the entertainment sphere itself. And so I said, look, all right, I'm not going to go to college. I don't know what I should do. And she says, write a book. And I did competitive speech and debate all four years of high school. Okay. And my speech topics were the most controversial and the most almost thought-provoking speeches that I could come up with uh-huh. as, as a high schooler. And so I decided I love politics. I love comedy. No one has done a sarcastic political dictionary before because politics as a whole is such a dark, angry, heavy, heavy topic. No one's ever shined a comedic light on it. And that's what I aimed with the book. And frankly, I would 
I would argue it was very successful. We had some great people behind it as well. Uh, Brandon Tatum, the officer Tatum, wrote oh, the yes. for the book. You see the endorsements on the back. Oh, yeah, DC yeah, Drano, Mike, Mike Huckabee. Mike Huckabee, down. who I think is one of the one of the just greatest he men. He is a great he man. Is of, of our era yeah. when it comes to yeah. politics and and just. He's, he's like the dad everybody kind of like you know it's like he it, is he's yeah. like the perfect dad you always well, wish for I was for. blessed because you know you send out the endorsements like you ask and he sent back a massive paragraph he really I'm looking he, at he this wrote, he did he wrote a book on my book yes yeah, Andrew, Andrew Clavin you know from uh, the Daily Wire yeah. yeah. so yeah. incredible I was, I was just blessed impressive. you know to be able to to have the support that I did when I was just you know a 19 year old kid finishing up his book wow it was, it was amazing so if people would like to get your book where can they get their, your book people can go to sorbostudios.com to pick up a copy of the book, I hand, I autograph each one. Wow. You know, if requested. Is it a little nice touch? Yeah. It's a nice touch, like sometimes a letter of affection, confessing my love, like that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> now, who, who would be the, the designed market for this book? Would it be someone your age geared towards? This market or, or the, the target audience is anyone looking to get involved. Now, I'm a teenager, or I was a teenager, I'm 21 now, but I was a teenager when I wrote it and I had teenagers in mind. Okay. Because I've noticed there are a lot of kids online who just spew whatever they want and they don't fully understand what they're saying and the, and the gravitas that it carries, right? And so this is marketed towards the generation of teenagers and Gen Zs like me okay. that really want to get involved. And so I tell people, buy eight, one for yourself, five for your family and then one for whoever you want or if you don't like me buy eight and burn them I don't care <laughs> <laughs> it's okay to burn books as long as you pay for them first that's exactly right. that's right Brayden thank you so much for joining us today thank this you for is truly brand you got a, a really exciting bright future ahead yes, for you, you and I'm, uh, I'm I'm looking forward to watching it thank you thank you